From Magpie 24 7. It's time for the NE1 for Bacon Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Thompson and Paul Rudder. By fans, for fans. How's the bacon, did you say? What's happening, everyone? It's Kyle for the Anyone for Bacon podcast, and um, I hope he's had a really good Christmas. I want to start by saying that because, as usual, it's uh, when Newcastle they have a thing for letting letting you down, and um, that match against Man City, we wanted a response, we wanted a bit of a kick up the arse, and for the first five and a half minutes, Paul, they pressed and they tried to cause errors of the other team. Uh, will try to cause errors of Man City and then after the first five and a half minutes they sat back and did what they usually do and allow the opposition to come on to it and just pick one apart and it ended up being a Manchester City training session with them doing the bare minimum to beat we in a 2-0 win but we usually try and round up the games as best we can on the podcasts and stuff but we're not really going to talk about the match that much today, we're really not um, because there was a couple of things before the match that me and Paul were really not happy with and then his press conference afterwards which really irked me and and Paul and a lot of other supporters as well so we're going to mainly be touching on them but um, Paul, how do you feel regarding the Boxing Day, well not quite massacre because it wasn't a a massacre in terms of goals but I'd say Boxing Day disappointment Yeah, I mean there was a massive, massive, massive golfing class. I've just started obviously hoping wishing everybody had a lovely Christmas day because obviously this would have spoiled most people's boxing day. I mean it it just looked like a huge massive golfing class yesterday. It looked like a Premier League team up against a non league team. Um, it was typical of, of, of a Mike Ashley Newcastle United team. It's okay to lose just as long as you lose don't lose by too many. It was that sort of mentality the entire way through. You Trainer match. It was a pre-season game. It was a warm-up for them. They never got out of the first gear, mate. And to be honest, they almost looked too embarrassed to even celebrate when they did score and they did finally, um, you know, break us, break us open and, and uh, you know, post to the sword. <sighs> you know, there was one or two little bright sparks yesterday, but for for the majority of the game, mate, it was like pissing against the wind. It really, really it was. was. It's never a good idea. There were a few uh, bright things, but one of the things that really pissed me off during the game, and even before the game, uh, in the team selection, uh, Matty Longstaff, we have banged on... Ah, no, the return. The return of Matty Longstaff. Talk about cold turkey, I know it's Boxing Day, cold turkey and all of that, but you've just gone and played the three promoted teams and Brentford, and he's not had a sniff, right? And then it goes, what, you want a chance? You want your chance, do you? You want your chance? You can have your chance. Against one of the best midfields in Europe. Yeah. So, and it's just like, if you look back at the opportunities that that lad's had, he's had Manchester United home and away, Man City away, and apart from that, he's barely had an absolute sniff. So it's like, I mean, talk about baptisms of fire. We've said all along on this podcast how much we rate Matty Longstaff. Yeah. And I thought he added a a much-needed... Energy, yes, he switched off, I think, for one of the goals. Um, perhaps you can nitpick, but for me, he was one of the better players for Newcastle yesterday. Obviously, not in the same class as Carl Darlow, that poor bastard. He does more more work than Santa Claus at Christmas time, he really, really does. Uh, he got us out of the uh, crap loads of times, and to be fair, mate, if it 
Al Dali yesterday. You talked about we got off with a two nil. It should have still been a four or five nil, and a defeat is a defeat. Uh, but it's the manner of the defeat, which is what we keep saying all along. It is. Along. Well, just, I, I, the, no, no system. Just look, it just looked like literally eleven players. Oh, there you go. And uh, just just pick a random random job. Chuck them out without any tactics, any approach, any sort of. Any sort of anything at all. They just look clueless, and it's so frustrating to see some good players that were out yesterday look terrible, and some terrible players who shouldn't be anywhere near the first team still get it, still get the game. And, and and as we're going to touch on shortly, it all boils down, to, you know, down to Bruce and the fact that he he flip flops more often than any shoe shop does. It's just so <laughs> deflating, so so destroying. And it just ruins Christmas. Thanks, Steve Bruce. He did. He, re- he really put a damper on my Christmas. I had a good Christmas this year. I, I say this at the back end of the last podcast. I wasn't going to let the Man City game bother bother us on Christmas. Um, it's me mum's partner's fiftieth today as well. So like, it's it's like the three days of it's like the three days of Christmas for me. It's me. It's Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and then it's me me mum's partner's fiftieth as well. So happy birthday to Martin as well. Um, but um, yeah, in terms of Boxing Day, completely ruined by Newcastle as usual. But the one the one thing that irked me is. I think it was twelve days ago. Now it was eleven yesterday. Uh, Steve Bruce came out in a press conference and was like, um, "Oh, Joel Linton isn't uh, centre forward. He's not comfortable up front on his own." You're not gonna believe what he did for the start in eleven yesterday. He played a five-four-one, and guess who was up front on his own? Joel Linton. How can you sit there in a press conference after eighteen months of saying, "Oh well, we know how he plays now. We know he's not comfortable as a centre forward," um, and and say all this about Joel and he's comfortable with Callum Wilson and all this yada yada, for for not even two weeks later to play the same man you've just slated for being te- for not being very good as a sole striker and play him up front as a sole striker against one of the best teams in Europe. It's baffling, Paul. Covid as well, Jesus. So they didn't play a striker; they played a false nine, mate. And um, it took. To be honest, though, mate, in all seriousness, I I look at it as like uh, Bruce kind of looked at it as kind of oh well, it's 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 one of them games where, where I don't I think it was just an acceptance that we we're going to lose because if he's saying this about. Um, Joe Linton, oh, he's not a striker on that, and then playing up front two weeks later because he works hard and stuff. It's like 
it's just a complete acceptance to lose. And then when he plays him up front, there's no service to him at all. And I've seen a few people blaming Joel in, in, in the match. Like, we can blame any player we want. I mean, recently we've blamed Shelby for defeats. We've blamed Joel and, and we've blamed certain players for certain things. And at the time, it has been, it has been warranted. But if you look at the bigger picture, it's not anything to do with that. The big problem is Steve Bruce. Look at how far we've regressed, not progressed, under this manager. Players are you suffering have, under we him. We could have had Messi up front made yesterday for us. We could Nino have. Messi could have been up top. And we still would have got tonked because of the man that's in the dugout, the man who's orchestrating this absolute and utter shower of fucking shit. Yeah. You've only got to look at today, West Brom going to Liverpool and not giving up. You've got a goal behind early on in the game. Not give up, don't give up, don't give up any ground, don't give up any game. Because in the fight to stay in the Premier League, which is all we're now being told that we're interested in, that is the mantra, stay up, that is it. Never mind top half, never mind Cubs, the truth is finally outed. All we care about is just staying in the league, that's what's being told to him. Um, the remit. <laughs> yeah, that's the remit of, 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 of the job. West Brom can go to Anfield and get a point. West Brom can go to the Etihad and play well. You know, we've seen other teams come to the Etihad and come away with stuff. But most know it was worse than a pre-season match. It was. Let's be totally, totally honest. It I mean... was absolutely... Uh, uh, like, I know, obviously, presents are exchanged for Christmas, but fuck me. We give them a present by just saying, play, like, we'll give you the three points, just don't hurt us too much. Well, that's it. <laughs> Man City, Man City weren't even that good, Paul. They weren't. They, nope. Like we'll talk about, we'll talk about Steve Bruce and bare minimum. Man City did the bare minimum to beat us. They scored the first goal, and then they coasted. And then, and Pep probably knew going into half time they needed a second goal because of how many times Newcastle have just utterly shithoused the way to a draw or a win. And he's thought, right, we need a second goal. You get the second goal, lads. Game set match. They won't get back into it. They get the second goal, and lo and behold, we'll have nothing to show for them. Guess what we'll do? We'll hire Andy Carroll on the field. But to rewind a little bit, I mean, you look at you look at that first the, the first ten minutes, the the pressing the ball, they're trying to make things happen, and it's like, all right, okay, let, let let's see what we can do. We're causing mistakes out of Man City and getting a little bit here and there, and it's like, all right, okay, let let's keep going, and then ten minutes we'll get deep. And we'll hold off, and then after 15 minutes, it's back to the normal Bruce Ball, 10 yeah. men behind the ball mantra of hope that we're going to get something. And then, not long into the game, Raheem Sterling absolutely tears Matt Ritchie in your arsehole, cuts inside, yeah, fakes, fakes again. Five players are just flipping, looking at him as he plays the ball into uh, Gundogan or Gundogan or whatever his flipping name is I didn't know and he just blasts it in the corner and there's just five or six players just, just looking yeah. at the mate and it, watching it them put him in sort of Jim Duggan for, for all you know, we put a fight <laughs> might as well have been and he's about 90 I think or something like that Um, yeah you just knew it was coming there you was. knew it was coming it was almost like we started too well and Steve Bruce was like oh play shit man play shit don't set the expectations don't push that bar too high. Don't push it too high because he doesn't want to have any sort of thing called standards or anything like that. He um, doesn't. It just makes you want to puke. It makes you want to literally uh, vomit. And you're sitting there, mate, at that point thinking, when is the last fucking time we played well? Never mind win lost a draw. Never mind if it's the League Cup, the Premier League or whatever. When was the last time? And, and you sit there, you can't remember. You're scratching your head. You look this daft and stupid as Steve Brewster on the side of the pitch. 
it, well, it, well, it was, mate, and like you hold, you're just sitting there, just so disinterested, and like he's he's sitting there before the game started. Oh, I've got this plan. What was the plan? Press them for five minutes and then go back to normal and just bend over and take it again. Because I look at this teammate and the fan base is so. I wouldn't even say toxic anymore. I'll just say it depressed. It's down. It's proper down. You've got fans on Twitter saying, "I'm not even going to watch a match tonight." It's a mask singer on. Like, uh, is strictly come dancing yeah. on. Like what's on? It's I was counting the after eights, mate. We're playing on the on the deli, and I'm sitting here counting what what what's left of the after eights and working out who fucking nicked that off of the fucking box. That's how depressing that Newcastle are. They watch at the moment. I'm counting after eights to try and stay awake. It was oh, honestly, it was absolutely shite. I said to the missus, let's uh, get you know get uh, crack out a few drinks. Just get rat ass because let's face it, the truth is absolute shower. And even she, I mean, she's she's not the biggest football uh, fan in the world and stuff like that. But she said, she's like, she even said it to me, she says, if you play awfully against Brentford, what part of your brain thinks that they're going to do anything at all any better against a team like Manchester City? It will exactly make uh, she's bang on. I mean, it's it's not even. I, I don't even think it's hope anymore. It's it's not going into a game and thinking, you know what? Let's get three points today. Let's get about them. It's not even that anymore. It's more routine and blind loyalty. Do you know what I mean? It's that's exactly what it is. Kind of running through the motions and like you love the club, but it's it's like it's it's honestly it's it's really sad, mate. Because like you're looking at. You looking how looking at how bad we've been this season. You you quite you've been questioning for quite some time now. When was the last time we actually played well? And it, this it, this includes winning games as well. The last win was against uh, West Brom, and it took a phenomenal once in a lifetime Jacob Murphy cross to get the three points. And that's bizarre to me. That that's all. That's what it took. And then we shit house we to a point against against he Fulham. Well, he tried to make he tried to make things happen, mate. I mean, the two chances yeah. he did have, he had nobody, and I mean nobody around him for 20, 30 yards, mate. And it's like, what's he meant to do against five man City defenders? And fair play to him for getting the shot away in that. But like, it's just. I, 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 I jumped on the Twitter and I, I put out an alert. It's a fact. It's 
abject surrender. I've just highlighted West Brom there. They've gone to Anfield and they've already obviously also given uh, Man City a good game. They've gone there with a game plan. Yeah. He's organised the defence. More than um, we can say for Bruce. There's so there's so many people I want to get out of this in this uh, in this podcast, mate. I mean Lee Charnley, he's one of them. Talk sport, talk sport. The last couple of days, man, in the in the ruthless defence of Steve Bruce, the little mate. Um, oh, he's a great man for the job. You see where they're in the league and like, do they not? They haven't watched we. Us fans aren't complaining for absolutely nothing. We're getting outplayed every week, and Bruce's luck is starting to run out. This is what ha- this is exactly what happened under Steve McLaren, and it's just like we're called ungrateful, and we're called this and that. We're being told how to support a club by this by these bunch of assholes, mate. At Talksport and Robbie yeah, Savage and Chris Sutton. You, you know what these I mean? These are the same ones though that are okay with Brighton fans kicking off, Palace fans kicking off, Arsenal fans kicking off. I could go on and on. Even Leeds fans, Wolves fans, all kicking off. It's alright, mate, for them to have a grievance and want their manager changed. Why is it not that it's not okay for Newcastle fans? I honestly our, don't know, mate. Our only goal that Bruce has said it out of his own shitty little uh, mouth is to stay up. That's his remit, as he keeps telling us. So we should be grateful for that. Sitting his remit, that's it. Yeah. What, what, what club actually wants Two, two quarterfinals in a year. Let's let's talk about that, Paul. I mean, look yeah, at who we beat to get there. Newport nearly beat one penalties. Um, Blackburn nearly beat one. And then you rewind to last year. Oxford took we to a replay. Rochdale took we to a replay. You know, like we have shit house away to two quarterfinals, and when we've came up against two decent opposition. That includes Brentford Reserves, by the way. They've managed to turn more over, and Man City obviously did what they did at St James's Park, but just a total fluke. Anything he's ever done in his career, Paul, has been a, has been a total fluke, and even then, that's not much to show for it, because at the end of the day, you look at what he's done at Villa, you look at what he did at Sunderland, you look at what he did at Wigan, you look at what he did at Hull, you look at what he did at Birmingham, you, you look at what he did anywhere he's ever been as a manager. It's all the same. It is the same shit. Oh, histrionics. I mean, yeah, every single club, mate. Yeah, I think. 
personally, I think he just tries to say these big words to try and objectify it to himself. He knows what he's doing. So it's a bit like someone will say a big word to you and it's like, oh, they know what they're talking about. I think that's what his actual mindset is. And it's like, he said after Brentford, oh, I'll take all the stick I'll, I deserve and stuff. And then he's saying total histrionics. And in the next press conference, he's got a chance to speak. It's like, has anyone at the football club got a bit of a control over what this man says? Because he's trots utter shit every week. So, somebody's got control, mate. Because the thing is, even the journalists, mate, who are sitting there, paid to listen to this absolute shite and paid to ask the tough questions. When they do ask the questions, all that's happening is mute, mute, mute. And I tell you something, Steve Bruce must wake up every day and love the fact that he's in tier three restrictions. He must love the fact there's no fans in, in, in the uh, stadiums at the moment. There's no journalists in his face and none of that because in under any other regime management any other premier league year he would have been out before now it would have turned more than toxic toxic yeah. there would have been riots up at james's park there would have been kickoffs down at the etihad and so on and so forth he is riding by the seat of his pants mate um we've had enough We've had enough of the bollocks and lies. And when I tell you something else, touching again on talk sport, we've had enough of being told what to think about our club. We're the ones who watch it week in and week out. We're yeah. the ones that are suffering. Boy. We're the ones with the emotional uh, attachment. And you're not telling me that Carlton fucking Cole knows more about that football club than me and you. Get bent. He was a, he was a fucking shit centre forward as well. Do you remember him yeah. at West Ham? I mean, he made sure they looked like R9 Ronaldo, not bloody saying something, do you know what I mean? Yep. Flipping shit. And then you've got um, uh, the other ones. Mascarino. Uh, yep, you know, not, one just Simon ball. Jordan. It's all these, all these just, I think they've just got, I think it's like the Premier League, they protect a certain, they, they protect a certain person or a certain club or whatever it may be. And yeah, Steve Bruce is a, yeah, the, the, yeah, 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 yeah. The, 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 the old guard, as it is. Chelsea and a successful Liverpool and Manchester United and the Manchester City because it's a gentleman's club that is what it is, it's a closed door establishment and you know they don't like the likes of Mike Ashley's uh, legal team uh, you know, Nick, De, Nick DeMarco and all them asking difficult questions where is the press coverage on what he is doing, where is all of that no, well, that, that won't exist. The ass, mate. You don't fucking hear about it. But what you do hear is that Newcastle fans are the biggest absolute twat bags uh, going. Yeah, you'd think, like, we'll get told we expect Champions League football, we've been told we expect too much, we'll get told that um, we expect a type of football, um, we expect to be the entertainers again, but in reality we just want a bit of hope, man, and it's nothing much to ask, and we want the club to do the best it can do. What's the problem with that? You, 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 they, say that this, this, they say this on one hand with Newcastle fans, Oh, certain type of football, this, that, and the other. Yet when Rafa was when Rafa was in charge, we played defensive football as it was. But the bigger picture was he wanted Newcastle to do well. He's seen the city, he's seen the fan base, he's seen the potential in this club. Whereas Bruce, Bruce, a local boy, a, a local listener, it's he, local as Charlie. like you'd think he'd 
you'd think they just pulled him out the Antarctic, mate. That's how out of touch Steve Bruce is. Uh, like when he tries to resonate with Newcastle fans, and he keeps digging it where every week, calling histrionics one week and all mass hysteria the next week, and all this shit. Like he's supposed to be a local lad, but he's so out of touch with what Newcastle fans want. Yeah, go go in front of the Gallagher and say, "Oh, mass hysteria and uh, histrionics." It's like whatever, just just an old man ble- uh, preaching a load of shit, mate. Honestly, he's like, he's like a flat earther. Do you know what I mean? Just babbling shit for the sake of babbling shit. Uh, uh, I think I put something out about, about that. I, I said, uh, yeah, Steve Bruce can bang on about that all he wants, but there's people in the world who believe the fucking planet is flat. <laughs> you know, there's people that think. The, there's an alien race running the entire fucking planet. It doesn't make it correct. You can get bollocks to fit your agenda any any which way you want. Yeah. But the proof of the pudding is in the tasting. Newcastle fans have, 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 have just had enough of the same old tired bollocks, and it'll be the same again that Liverpool made. But all I'm saying is that that for the next game coming up, Liverpool will want to to strike Blood. back. They will not be afraid to go into fifteen. They're going to us and destroy us. Man City are a team of fantastic individuals who aren't playing too greatly as a team. Liverpool are fantastic individuals and a fantastic team and a fantastic manager. Yeah. And what will he do? He'll sit back and he'll hope because Liverpool will be a very tough side, roll with sleeves up, um, dig in, try hard, all this fucking shit in these press conference. And then he'll put five at the back, four in midfield, hope we've hold on for 90 minutes and that's all he'll do mate but when Liverpool score in the first five minutes his plan will be all unjust and when we lose convincingly in a couple of days time it'll all be, it'll be the same again and then on my birthday they've ruined me Christmas so they'll go on, to, go on the double and ruin me birthday as well and we'll get beat off Leicester it'll be well work in progress and stuff like that but... and, and all the time mate them teams be behind us uh, from Arsenal uh, downwards, down to Burnley, West Broms, Fulhams, pick up a point, pick up a point, pick up a point, pick up three points, lose one, pick up a point, pick up three points. They're starting to get and the shit together, Paul. All of the time. We, we, if you listen to the press, you would think that we were on 40 points already. It's newsflash. You think we're Champions League the way they're going on in the defence of yeah. it's It's unbelievable. We're not, we're not sitting here, mate, saying that we should be uh, drinking out of cups qualifying for Champions League, uh, signing Lionel Messi uh, and the likes of that. We just want a little bit of hope. Like you said before, Rafa got the situation and that's why you connected with the fans. It doesn't matter that you're born in Newcastle or you're not born in Newcastle. You know, some of my favourite players ever, they weren't born in Newcastle. No. You know, but, but they get it. They understand it. They come in and take it on. And, yeah. and you know...
it's a losing mentality. It's, it's such a losing mentality, Paul. I mean, every week he picks up the opposition, undermines our team, and then at the end of the game, when we do the same shit we do every week, he'll say, oh, it was someone else's fault, or oh, it was this mistake, or we need to roll with sleeves up, we need to be better. It's flipping, it's it's useless, man. I mean, like imagine having your dream job, getting your dream job, and go having that mentality. It's bewildering. Like if you get your dream job, have a crack at it, give it a go, make the most of it. So when you look back, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not sitting there thinking, oh well, what if I, what if, what if? He's came in and went on at Newcastle. Like he's went on at any other job with his shit football that's never worked, and. He's proved everyone right. Everyone that had a problem with him coming through that door, he's proved 100% correct. Because that's what we knew, what was coming into the, into the football club, Paul. Someone that was clueless in what he was doing and capable of relegating this football club. And that's starting to become a very, very possible uh, outcome, especially with the way we're playing at the minute. The luck has run out, I'm afraid. I mean, I think I'm getting up on the start of today. When we lose our next two games, which inevitably we will do, um, I think that'll be three wins in ten that we've got. Seven defeats, uh, most certainly seven defeats out of ten. Um, and we're in free for all. And you know, the funny thing is, you know, talk sport, the big up Wolves, the big up uh, Brighton, the big up Crystal Palace supporters, Arsenal supporters, all these fans who were sitting there clamouring for change at their football club, a different manager. But not one of them in discussing them jobs yes Wolves have got every right not to be happy uh, at the situation yes Palace fans they should be better but not one of them says well I'm, we should go get that Steve Bruce he's the answer he's doing a brilliant job he's doing such a good job at Newcastle yeah. why shouldn't we go after him and, it, and it's again it, it's just you're trying to pin and keep Newcastle in a certain pigeonhole in a certain rug on the, well, on, on it, the ladder it's what it's one for another one one for, it's one for us and one one for the rest it's not he gets linked and no other jobs made because he's fucking dog shit yeah but his mates will still defend him in the press it's so yeah. it's so annoying mate and, and talk sport the other day really pissed us off because they got a Newcastle caller and they put it in on the they put it on the social media and stuff saying Bruce wasn't good enough and I listened to him I think it was Dean he was called and he made some really good points about um, the difference between Rafa and uh, and Steve Bruce's uh, tactical style and all of the rest of that day mate they had six or seven clips after it saying Bruce is doing a good job why they're on Bruce why they're doing this drowning out that lad's opinion and making him look like an idiot so it makes us it makes him look look deluded and they paint the picture of well he's a deluded fan and we know what's going on you've got to feel this way Bruce is doing good what's all the fuss about it could be worse you could be Sunderland say but we're not Sunderland are we we're bigger than Sunderland we're a much bigger football club than Sunderland ever were we don't have Sunderland expectations do you know what I mean and it might sound cocky might sound arrogant but I want my football club to do a little bit better than have less than 40% possession in every single game they play without We've had more possession than Brentford, um, Morecambe, and um, who was the other team in Newport this season? Well, we haven't out possessed anybody in the Premier League this season, Paul, and that includes Burnley. That includes that includes shit teams like West Brom, Fulham at home. Do you know what I mean? What, it, there's no, there's there's no there's no intent to win. There's no intent to win by this manager. He'd be more than happy to to be like, oh well, pick up a point every week. It doesn't matter what's against. Oh, just pick up a point and move on. Pick up a point and move on. And that's and, and that, that, that is the thing. It 
doesn't matter whether it's Manchester City, mate, Liverpool, or, like I say, uh, Forest Green. It really doesn't. Whoever we're playing, it's the same brand of shithousery football, and it is the same Mike Ashley version of Newcastle United. It is okay to lose, just not by too many. Don't try and rock the boat. Keep them lot quiet. And, and, and that's the mantra. And it's no way to run a club. You look back and I, I was watching the, the Bobby Robson uh, movie and stuff like that over Christmas and you're sitting there and you're nearly, you're nearly well enough. You're nearly well enough. <laughs> and you remember and you, you see him walk around the stadium with such pride and everything down to the door handles, the doors, the floors, the setup, the structure, the, what they were trying to achieve. You then go back and you see what Keegan uh, you know, has, has said about the football club. Yeah. And then you fast forward to this shower of shit. And you it, do. Uh, was it Gavin Peacock who put something on about his first day when Keegan came in? Yeah. Either get behind me or fuck off. If you want to go, then, go there's the door. But you're yeah. going to get behind and us and you're going to make this club great again. Whereas Bruce, he's came Bruce. in saying, I want to edge the club forward. And then, and then, despite saying in the summer, oh, I want to challenge for top 10 and all that, he's now saying he's lowering the expectations to try and justify to the media he's doing a good job. That's all he's doing, Paul. Yeah. It's flipping crazy. He doesn't want to over, over-promise and under-deliver. He'd much rather just say, oh, we're going to get relegated. Yeah. We're going to get relegated and then steal fourth bottom. Because that will uh, float Mike Ashley's board because he's not obviously emotionally or anything else involved. All he wants is the football club shifted on for the maximum pro- uh, profit and potential so you can re- invest on the high streets we've got a, a virtually an absent owner uh, that's the only reason that he cares about Newcastle is to get his um, his ban out, out of it and we've got uh, an MD who's again just like the manager he's not a football person he's ill qualified ill educated his uh, opinions are shite he never speaks to the fans when he does it's mixed messages he contradicts what he says before he lies. We know the entire club is is a wash with lies uh, because of what come out in the Keegan case and stuff like that. But again, you won't hear this on Talksport. You won't hear the bad version of Newcastle talk. Isn't it great? Yeah. Well, it's not why you get in, 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 into being a football fan. No. That isn't what football is about. It isn't I mean, anything to do with, with, with our football club. And we have had the bloody enough. Talksport. I mean, I barely listen to it. It's when something comes up like this and it's highlighted to me that, you know, it stinks of even more shit. It does. It really does. Defending them, mate. With the and stuff and his derogatory comments about there's nothing to do with when you got the hill, that it was a virtual shithole and stuff like this. Oh, uh, moose. When he was moose. setting up the PR exercise to try and, you know, again, just quieting them down, quieting them down. Um, and meanwhile, we'll do a special on West Ham or something like that. Um, just fed up. There's got to be some sort of change to this football club because whether it's this season, mate, or next season, bad things are going to be happening. For the transfer window coming up, uh, will we be able to keep some of our better players like of Mickey? Is ASM, I know what you said publicly, but is he happy and wanting to stay? There's other players. We've got about eight players out of contract, mate, in a couple of months' time. What's happening with that information black hole as ever at Newcastle? Yeah. And we've got fixtures coming up we've got Arsenal to play twice and they've just hit form as I, as I said on the last podcast they will not stay where they have oh, teams, are get the, teams are getting the shit together Paul 
and we're falling down the league, we're starting to justify our position. A lot of a uh, lot of people like or oh, Savage and Sutton have been saying, "Oh, look at the league! Look at the league! Six points off this! Look at the league! Yeah, it's starting! It's starting to come in! It's starting to starting to show where we really are now, Paul. The best Bruce can do at his pinnacle is thirteenth. That's that's the best Bruce can do, but that's not that's not what Bruce is going to do." We won't finish 13 for this season, not a chance. If we sack Bruce now and bring in a different manager, then potentially we can finish higher than that. Because I do believe in this squad, but under Bruce, there's just nothing, mate. It's dead. It, like, it ha- talented footballers. It, exactly. We to, we, we, oh, and yeah, there's, there's issues of balance in the team. I, I've said that all along. Uh, I think we need... We've got too many right-backs. The fact that DeAndre Yedlin's still getting game time, despite the fact he was surplus to requirements. This is what I mean. There's no forward planning. Because if there was, you wouldn't be using Dante Yedlin at the moment because you said he was shit. So he's played every single game in, in the space of a couple of weeks and he hasn't been seen for months before. And yet we haven't got adequate cover over on the left-hand side. So a right midfield has to play in a left wing-back. Matt Ritchie was awful yesterday. Um, finally getting a few central defenders back. That's nice. That's to be welcoming and, and encouraged. We don't have enough central midfielders. You know, again, we've got uh, overloading of a certain areas, and we can't carry the likes of Henri Savé uh, and Lazar and Co. still on the books. Nothing proactively being done to get rid of these lads. No trials arranged at, at other clubs whilst we've been in the close season. No trying to push them out to a league one or two club or whatever. Nothing because the the football club is devoid of intelligence and leadership and skill and making positive decisions. Uh, you've got none of that, and the fact that you've got Andy Carroll potentially, he'll probably get a game against Liverpool from the sentimental side. Steve Bruce will be like, "Look at me, look at me, he's trying to make a story, trying to divert the shit away from him." They'll be like, "Oh look, Li- Carroll going back to Liverpool. That's a story, so you won't have to put a story up about me." Um, we're carrying strikers who don't score for two years. Dwight Gale isn't given the opportunities that Dwight Gale needs. Players are on the contract and they're already possibly thinking about leaving us. Fabian Shea, I think we think the Milan, but he's, he's generally not good enough for, for, for Newcastle. I thought he was it was encouraging signs during little bits of yesterday with, with Fabian Shea back. But, oh, fuck me, mate, we're in an absolute clusterfuck of a, of a mess. Well, And, um, yeah, there's, there's three men that was responsible and they need to go. It's Mike Ashley, Lee Charney and Steve Bruce. And, and the greatest bit of PR recently that the club has done in a way, he is employing Steve Bruce because it's deflecting the bullshit away from Lee Charney and Mike Ashley. But do not forget to every single person listening to this that they are the reason that Steve Bruce is in the job in the first place and remains. There's only them two can make a phone call and say, Steve, you're fired. Get out. Clear your desk. You're not welcome anymore. You're a useless bastard. But just, I, I just hope they don't do it too late. Like they did with McLaren. You know, it's yeah. it's... It's just beggar's belief, mate. I mean, to to round up the the match yesterday, we just didn't offer anything, did we? we went two 0 down uh, through a mistake from Feddy and then Miggy, um, and then Feddy played it back to uh, I think it was Fernand Torres or something. Um, it was just a messy goal to concede. But once he went two down, that was it. He tried chucking Andy Carroll at it, and I'm really starting to get pissed off with Andy Carroll as a concept, mate, because. Joel Linton gets all this shit about how he's not a striker and things like that. 
like we know Joe Linton's a second striker or he can play on the wing or whatever I still don't know what Andy Carroll is um, he came on the field right and his memo his memo or his remit as uh, Bruce would like to call it is to win headers to be the target man he doesn't do it Paul he got beaten the air off Nathan Ake yesterday he's just he, he just he just comes on to moan at the referee. That like yeah. I know he's a local lad and that, and I've got a lot of respect for Andy Carroll for for when he was here the first time round. I really do, but uh, you kind of tell me he was wasn't brought in for anything else other than a PR stunt, mate. It what, was. He good at, he, he's not good at anything. He's still. He still hasn't. He still hasn't scored a goal since since he came in eighteen months ago. He hasn't scored a goal yet. That's alarming for a centre forward. Even Dwight Gale's been injured for half of that time, and he still managed to notch a couple of goals here and there. Paul Lejeune, Lejeune, who's out on loan. Aye, pretty much. So just get rid, of, get rid of the Spanish lad. He's weak. He, oh, he's, he's, he's this, he's that, he's the other. He did tell you something. He's, he did more than what Andy Carroll's uh, doing. He did? I, I take no pleasure in it. I take no pleasure. I'd love a team of 11 Geordies, you know, week in, week out. And they get what it means business. and they play well. I, yeah, it just goes back to the Steve Bruce argument. I don't give a shit. You could be born on the centre circle of St James's Park. <laughs> but be ill-qualified and ill-equipped. But you could be the milkman from, I don't know, Jamaica. Out of Mongolia, yeah. But you do a good job for Newcastle. And uh, it, it doesn't matter to me. Some of my, like I said, some of my favourite players, Rob Lee, l- love him. Speedo, rest in peace, l- love him. Ket Spire, love him. Bye. Tino Asprey, absolutely, absolutely love him. You know? Yeah, Shearer is my, my favourite. And obviously, he, he, he stops the, uh, you know, the story. But again, you can go down to uh, Nobby Solano. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It does not irk me one little bit. No. I just want you to be able to do what you are paid very, very well to do. I think that well, Andy Carroll's on a cheap pay players. Yeah. He's footballing so not. Twenty fucking thirty grand a week, basic and stuff like that. He's still using money and budget. And he's still using the squad uh, players up. It was a PR move made. It's gone disaster, disastrously wrong. Yeah. If he was, if he was a Spaniard or anybody else, he'd have been hounded out a long time ago. I'm, I'm afraid to say. He gets uh, it. He gets a free ride because where he's from, where he's from, mate. He does. Yeah. Look, look at Alan Smith. He's a good example. He started off as a striker, right? But he found himself a new niche in, in um, central midfield and defensive midfield as his career went on after his unfortunate injury and stuff. Carroll has not he's still been playing as a striker all these years and years and years and years later despite the fact that he doesn't score you know he doesn't which other striker who hasn't scored for some would be allowed to still continue in I, I just don't know but Newcastle playing a striker who can't score is so typical Newcastle under Bruce it is it makes sense it does I mean could you imagine Andy Carroll trying to play in midfield? You've seen his ball control, mate. It's flipping diabolical. It always has been diabolical, to be fair. It's just, he's always had... He's always had that niche, Carroll, of like being that 
aggressive old school centre forward, but he's nowhere near as aggressive as he used to be. There's VAR now, so you kind of get away with the toughness that he used to used to do. So I'd say he's just a pointless pointless striker. Yet we're seeing this, and he'll play against Liverpool. He'll probably start, and then he'll probably get it get ten minutes against Leicester as well when we're falling out down or some shit. But like yeah. when he comes you can't on. No. Some of the other teams and what we what we're playing against, and they're not sentimental one little bit. They've got good quality footballers who can play football, who play to a system. They've got pace, and you can see what they're about. You look at even like West Brom. We've used West Brom a couple of times today. Since Steve Bruce has come in, the hard as nails at the back, organised, determined, dogged, and just want to stay in the game. And then the play for free kicks and corners and the likes. Yeah. You know what you're playing against. Against Steve Bruce, it's just across the fuck from start to finish. There's none of that. None. If you look at Leicester, how they play. If you look at any other team, even Crystal Palace, I can tell you systems and or they'll sit back and, and they'll try to break us quickly or they'll try and play a possession-based game or they'll play extremely yeah. wide and try and stretch you apart. They'll try and exploit you, the weakness that we've got on fullbacks. They're going to try and play through you. They'll just concentrate through the, the middle and work circles and triangles around you you can tell we've got no style no identity that's what no comes down to there's no identity about what Brentford Brentford Barnet um, Borenwood or anybody else yeah we don't have an identity mate and considering he's a manager 20 years 20 years of experience and and all that it's it's not as it's like he hasn't learnt lessons from Villa he hasn't learnt lessons from Sunderland because it's what they got got at him about and those who don't those who um, don't learn from the mistakes are doomed to repeat it mate and that's exactly what Steve Bruce right. is doing absolute fraud of a manager he is but to round up the City game mate it's not, it, I mean the result 2-0 if you said 2-0 before the game would have probably took because we fought 6 or 7 but at the end of the day, mate, the, the the performance, the the manner of it was just. Do you want three points? Here you go. Happy Christmas. See you later. Man City weren't challenged. Man City weren't didn't look threatened at any part of that game at all. Uh, the two attacks were hard. Jacob Murphy um, trying to make things happen and, and didn't. Uh, yeah, fair play to him for trying to make things happen. I mean. Defensively in midfield we looked a bit better with Hayden and Matty together. I thought Cher played really well. Carl Darlow again phenomenal with two or three brilliant saves. Yeah, but well, like this is what we've got. This is this is the positives. We're praising defensive performances in a team that's so defensively open, it's unreal. We're a defensive team, as you've said weeks ago, that can't defend, mate. And it's just like it's so it's so depressing. I mean, and then after the game, now this is something I really want to touch on before we wrapped up the podcast. The after the after match notes he came out with and quotes that have came out really really alarming my remit is to keep us into the premier league your remit needs to be to piss off mate and just and never look at newcastle united again because you've disgraced the fans you've sold your soul you've sold your soul to the devil to become nothing more than an ashley puppet and to be honest mate i think he's a hell of a lot worse in terms of his excuses and his and his 
blatant love for Mike Ashley than Alan Parcher was. And I thought Alan Parcher was really bad at sucking up and stuff like that. But Steve Bruce is a different level. He's saying at the start of the season, oh, we're going to aim for this, name for that. But because it's going bad and he realises the writing's on the wall to try and justify it to the media and the fans, it's, oh, uh, my remit's to stay up. So if we do still, but oh look at me, I did this, and it's like you're just a total asshole. He doesn't want to overpromise, mate, and underdeliver. He'd much rather set the bar so low that literally excrement would be above that bar. Yeah. Then he'd like, look at me, I, I, I achieved more than what my target was. Yeah. Well, imagine how the players feel, Paul. Imagine how the players feel. Ryan Fraser signed in the summer. Callum Wilson signed in the summer. Alan St. Maxman signed 18 months ago. What would it, what what's he said to them for them for, for them to sign? Be like, oh, we're looking to aim for this and aim for that. Do you really think he said to Callum Wilson in the summer? Oh, we're gonna um we're, we're gonna aim for 17th this season, and I'm and I'm bought, and I'm relying on you to keep what up. You would have told you would have told what to piss off and went to Aston Villa. If I was a player hearing that in the dressing room, I would be furious, Paul. I'd be like, this man is. He keeps underselling it, and he keeps and he keeps saying seventeenth, and that for his shortcomings, not anybody else's, not the fans, not the players. His shortcomings as a manager, mate. He's lowering the expectations to make to him look better. Who's going to want to come to us, mate? Uh, exactly. In charge, saying this sort of shit now. If if you're a player now, even take out the teams over in Europe. Look look at the rest of the teams, and there's there's um. You know, Steve Bruce's Newcastle, or um, what do you call it, Dean Smith's uh, Dilla. You're yeah. going to go there, aren't you? Because of the football they're playing, they're more excited. There's less negative uh, energy. There's less squeaky bums. You know, there, there, there's a there's a purpose. There's a plan. And as a player, you can sit there and look in the figure. I could slot in there, and I can see exactly how I can benefit. I can benefit the team. At Newcastle, there is no plan. This is what I've said before. There's no, no ambition either. Yesterday, look at the starting lineup. How many of them players are players either out of contract or were uh, Rafa's players? So quite a few. And it's the it's the majority, and it's because if you look at it, he hasn't sat there. But right, I want to bring in player X, say Joe Linden, and he's going to replace. Uh, I don't know. Might when she come to mind straight away. I know they're not exactly the same players, but he's going to be his replacement, and I want to use him because I want to eventually get to being. Um, <laughs> it's hard to think with Steve Bruce what sort of tactic he come up with. I want to play a four-four-two, so I want uh, him. He's going to play as, as me second-off striker, or he's going to be here, there, or everywhere. There's none of that. It's just eleven players, and out you go, lads. Yeah, and that's the only it. Thing you know for certain, mate, is against certain teams he will go to five at the back, park the bus. But the trouble is with the bus, mate, it's like a smart car. And it can't cover the fucking goal, and it's embarrassing. It is absolutely it is. embarrassing. It's, uh, it is. He just fucked up every aspect of the club, mate. And the takeover. It kind of comes soon enough, mate, if it's right. going to happen. Yeah. Like, honestly, mate, it's it, like we're just cl- dragging along towards the takeover. It's, it, it's like we need it to happen in 2021. No messing about. So Arbitration needs to be successful. Nick DeMarco needs to to um, get the results we, we we need out of him and stuff, and we need this takeover to happen, mate. Because honestly, we're we're dying, and the fans are, are really losing interest. And with with um, no fans being in the grounds and everything being done online with uh, interviews and stuff, the press and the fan base are easily muted, mate, and they can fit their own agenda the way they see fit. One thing they can't mute though is after 90 minutes of dismal performance in St James's Park, booing 
the shit out of Steve Bruce and chucking things well not chucking things at him but like booing him and hounding him out do you know what I mean I mean the cabbages were to fall from the sky yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's pretty much where I was going for but like yeah, that's one thing you can't mute do you know what I mean I think the way the club have got it now they can easily just um, go about their business and be like oh well we're behind you Steve there's no problem here mute comment block him you know um, no problem at all Steve and it's just like he's just, he's put me into the ground mate and I think after Liverpool and after Leicester I think it'll be maybe two three points from the drop because um, there's teams starting to get their shit together I mean um, Arsenal are starting to pick up Brighton obviously got a result at West Ham the day twos each and um, West Brom under Sam Allardyce he always keeps teams up so it's like what where's our you know that bit to keep us where's, up where's the other two worst sides enough to go alongside Sheffield United to make up the bottom three that's what you're worrying about yeah. not how good we can be how shit anybody else can be just to stay you know literally so we oh. can get our head above water well, and, that's and, it. and that, is, that is it that is it. The only thing uh, we've got, mate, is Callum Wilson and Maximin. And, like, yeah. the the hope is we can get Maximin back fit from COVID or, or whatever it may be, you know. But, like, if he doesn't come back and Wilson, if Wilson picks up a knock now, we're not good, mate. If he picks oh, up an injury out for the season, gone, we'll be gone. Relegated. Because he's the only difference this season between us and the bottom three. And I know you'll say Darlow, but as I've said in previous podcasts, West Brom have got Sam Johnston. He's made a similar amount of saves. And look where they are without a goal scorer. The difference for me is a Callum Wilson. And if he picks up an injury, mate, we are, we're gone. We're, we're as good as gone. Because the manager isn't going to make any changes to... to teams he's not gonna there's no there's other than maximum i don't think there's another player that, that would stand up be able to take a ball 45 yards run with the ball in midfield and, and hammer it in the top corner i mean i'm not saying wilson can do that but wilson's good at drawing a foul wilson's good at like picking a bit of space up and the one chance that we'll get he will take but the alarm and quotes me after the match um, the remit to keep winning the league and then before the match with the histrionics and stuff constant digs at the fans it's like this man has got to go as I says before the remit is for Steve Bruce to resign because he can't keep going on like this he's supposed to be a Geordie if he had any self respect he wouldn't have took the Sunderland job a long time ago 10 years ago if he had any self respect yeah, another, another I, put up today. I says I says if somebody had offered me one million, two million, ten million, unlimited funds, no matter what, beat Sunderland manager and wear that scarf and put that cheesy shit fucking grin on that's on that picture. And if you haven't checked it out, check out our Facebook page. Yeah, facebook.com forward slash, I'll give it a cheap plug, magpie247. Have a look on there. Have a look at that smug bastard wearing that uh, Sunderland um, scarf. No money in the world would... Compensate no. for my dignity. For anything else like that. No Newcastle fan, no real Newcastle fan in their right fucking mind would do that. I don't care if you say it. it's a job, it's his job. I, I don't care. Load of shit. I do not care. I, I wouldn't do it for I wouldn't do it for charity. I wouldn't do it for anything at all. I would not wear any of that red and white shit because I'm Newcastle through and through. And if yeah. you're a Newcastle supporter that is how you should be. Well, that's ba- it's bang on, mate. That smoke bastard, he's no fucking Newcastle fan. No, nah, he's not. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a picture like that at Lee Charming. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you look at... 
flipping bastards. Yeah, it's the three musketeers, mate. They're just all shitheads and they all need to get out of the club, really. I mean, Steve Bruce, man. Honestly, if he had any self-respect, like I said before, he, w he wouldn't have took the Southern job. And if he had any self-respect, he would have walked out of Newcastle United by now because he'd realise he's holding his own club back and he'd realise, you know what, maybe the fans have a point. I mean, imagine being hated by your own fan base, Paul. It's, it's like... This is Bruce Mrs. Bruce Lady, if she's a Geordie as well, she was saying, you useless bastard. Why don't you quit? <laughs> he Didn't needs to, mate. He needs to go. Balls in her purse. He's, he's clueless. Absolutely clueless. And I think, I think, and Joe Kinnear, it's it's definitely the worst man. No, Barron, John Carver, I think he's the worst manager we've had. I know you've said Joe Kinnear was worse, but in the terms of... In terms of... Pretty, yeah, definitely. I mean, in terms of managers that I really dislike, Bruce is definitely top of the pile. I thought it was Alan Pardew for a long time, but Bruce definitely takes the cake, mate. And the reason uh, for well, that... It's it, I mean, you you say, like, I, I know he's like, I know it comes across, oh, he's a nice man and all this. I'm starting to think he really isn't, Paul, I'm sure, in his personal life and that he's a canny bloke, no doubt, but in terms of, like, the, the a, a nice personality going into football, he's not, mate, he's completely oblivious and ignorant of the situation he's in. He's got no communication with the fans whatsoever. And it's just like the arrogance of the man. You'd think he'd been successful in his managerial career, Paul. He's just got this arrogance where it's like a couple of weeks ago he was asked, "Oh, well, Newcastle aren't going to win the league. I'm, I'm good, but I'm not that good. I'm, he's good. He's flipping good. He thinks he's good. I'm sorry, like you're flipping shit. You're a shit manager. You're about thirty years out of fashion. Absolutely, absolute dinosaur football, mate. He's got to go. He's got to resign. And like I don't like Mike Ashley needs to either get him sacked, otherwise he's going to jeopardise potentially at this deal going through because they won't pay three hundred million if we get relegated to the championship. No, Not a no chance. Idea. So Steve Bruce needs to sort it out. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's like he's ca he's, he's capable of jeopardising this deal. And like I don't want anything to be a block on the road because we've got enough of that with the Premier League at the minute. Do you know what I mean? Dragging their heels yeah. in. So we need. To get this, Steve this is the out. only deal in town. This is the only deal in town. The one we might actually is doing and dealing with now. It needs to go through as we are as a Premier League, uh, uh, you know, a Premier League club. If it's close, I can't imagine Mike actually pulling the trigger because he won't want to rock the boat. He won't want to make changes if they want to make changes. But if it's got any journey left still to go, we don't want another situation where we're going to get relegated and potentially become another Sunderland and have a 22 year old. Perhaps even impress the new owners and again 
maybe use that as a carrot to get a better quality of manager in because there are some good managers out there. There is people who'd want to come into Newcastle. And, um, you know, the, the fees and the money involved in getting rid of Steve Bruce can't be astronomical given the fact that he is a championship manager at best. And that is where he probably needs to go back to, championship or league one. And I feel sorry for whichever team he takes over after us. I've seen some shit, but I, I argue that he is the worst ever. He has drained more out of the light force of this club than anybody else before. He's a big, he's just a joke. He's, he's a meme. He's just like joking here. He's a fucking walking meme, mate. Yes. That's all he is. He's you a dinosaur to boot as well. But um, I mean, it's it, uh, with it again, mate. It's been another another negative podcast. Like we say, it is most weeks. We don't like to be negative, but we can't we can't hide how we honest. feel as fans. Do you know what I mean? When it's good, we'll praise to the hilt and we'll be happy as Larry. But in when things need to be addressed in the right and and the words need to be said, we're more than we're definitely going to do that I'm not going to sit I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit on the fence and, and blow smoke up yours and saying oh well we've got a plan and all this do you know what I mean it's like you've got to call a spade a spade and just see and call it how I say it but like Bruce has got to go man he's sucking the life out of this club along with Mike Ashley and his little bitch Charnley but honestly I hope he's had a good Christmas we really both had a good Christmas <laughs> Yeah, we'll feel a little bit better. But um, it's all it's got all gonna run around, uh, roll around again on Wednesday. Uh, when we'll play Liverpool, late kick off again. But um, it's just so depressed, man. I mean, we've got one more podcast to go this year. Um, obviously the Liverpool one. We'll think. I think there's only so much we can say about Steve Bruce, mate. To be honest, um, before we go completely insane, but um. Yeah, it's it's so frustrating. He's got to go. But um, before we sign off for the night, Paul, is there anything you wanna you wanna add? <laughs> same bad place, same bad location. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I need my for then, and, and probably by then all of me after eight minutes will be gone as well. So I might have to go buy a new box. Um, well, <laughs> well, me fucking me, yeah, uh, me sister, me nephew, nick me, nick me, nick my Maltese as the bastards. I'd, uh, I'd two boxes given to us uh, for Christmas as part of a hamper my mum made us, and uh, the little bastards nicked it while I was away watching the match at me dad's. <laughs> so, well, my, my mum went home. She, she got, she's got us uh, some cheeky vimtos in. So I'll be having a few cheeky vimtos, no doubt, while I was watching this Liverpool match, and it might actually improve the viewing pleasure. <laughs> so I think they knew how, how uh, likely these matches were, were to go. But, yeah. Uh, oh, please. Bread man, come, come and save her, please. And let's let's face it, one man pie is better than two birds. So I do hope that you destroy that bird and bird solicitors, and you get the takeover sorted, uh, and there'll be happier days. Because there's no doubt, us we're sick of being negative. We want to be positive. The fan base wants to be positive. We just want a little bit of something to be able to hang on to and to be able to identify with our club. Um, But yeah, it's gonna get tougher. More difficult and more down, I'd imagine, before he gets anywhere near better, mate. 
yeah, I, I completely agree with that. But even despite the bad times, there's still people getting involved, getting tagged on Twitter and things, tagged on Facebook and things, you know, interacting with Wayne and making the best of it. Despite the, the bullshit at the club going on, you are, are still enjoying this podcast, I hope. You are still um, enjoying what we do on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, Instagram hit 400 uh, the other day, which is, a, which is a big achievement for me and Paul as well. But um, yeah, it's just a massive thank you to everyone that that keeps supporting me despite the bad times at the club. Uh, still finding time to speak with us as well. On Twitter. And again, same sort of time we hit 4,000 on Facebook. That's nearly up to 4,200. So more and more people coming along. Lots of nice messages and stuff. And it does make a big difference when it's it's everything's negative that you're looking at and looking into and we're talking about. To still get that support from you guys, um, you know, means loads. You know, we don't fence it. We don't fence it. We don't try and ask kiss the club or anything like that. We just literally two lads who just call it exactly as we see we don't pretend to speak for the fan base we don't pretend uh, you know to come up with little slogans and this that and the other or make fancy graphics or pretend we're anything other than what we are we're just two lads passionate about Newcastle giving you the opinions that we've got straight out of the box and if you like them fantastic but if you don't that's fair enough as well but one more to go yeah. this year one more podcast and uh, yeah until the Liverpool game, which we are so looking forward to, by the way. Oh, I'm a uh, springy, man. I'm a <laughs> Honestly, mate, it's, um, I'm proper dreading it. I, dread, I dreaded three. it. <laughs> we might win 4 3 if they play the under 7s, mate, but um, yeah, it's a. Uh, it, yeah, it, 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 it's a it, lot. It's a long one, but uh, we'll love yous and leave yous for the night. And uh, yeah, cheers for listening to the Anyone for Beating podcast with me, Kyle Thompson, and obviously Paul as well. But uh, catch us later, everyone. See us later. Keep it-